You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rock. Yay. Yay. If you like hanging out at Walmart, if you like hanging out in the aisles, if you like talking random stuff, random random things with Rob. Uh, random rambling links with Rob. Yo, yo. Random rambling links with Rob. Walmart talking for random, 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 random Roblings with Rob. Rob, 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 Rob. What up, everybody? This is your boy, B-Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or have you listen to podcasts. If you're a first-time listener, I appreciate you for uh, giving me your attention, giving me your ears. I don't know how to quote the line um, from the movie uh, Django. If you haven't seen it, I, I recommend you give it a watch. But he was like, uh, first, you had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. You know, something like that. It was funny to me when he said it. Leonardo DiCaprio is a masterful actor. I'm surprised he didn't get a Grammy or Oscar. It's not a Grammy because he wasn't singing in that motherfucker, but <laughs> uh, an Oscar for that role in Django. Anyway, got a guest for you this episode. Um, one who I've been tracking for quite a bit. And now, because I get to see him on the camera, I'm noticing in the background that awesome little pillow over there <laughs> that, I, that I might want to try to pick that up at some point. But um, he is a self-made man. He is a creator of content that I thoroughly enjoy. And I'm pretty sure hundreds of thousands, if not more, enjoy his uh, creations as well. My guess for you all this episode is Mr. Matt Dickey. How are you, sir? Thank you. Um, hey, I'm, I'm taking a break from full-time game development from social media, so I'm the calmest I've ever been. I'm the happiest I've ever been, and I'm, I'm getting my weekends back, my evenings back, and my health back. So uh, for me, at least, uh, this has been a nice balance that I'm uh, trying to achieve. Yeah, and, and I appreciate you for giving me your time. Um, I, we spoke uh, through email and everything, and even way back before then, I mean, I've I think I've either messaged you through Facebook or even uh, emailed you about, um, you know, help with the game or just like some, hey, this thing is off. Uh, can you do something about that? <laughs> so I, I'm sorry I didn't get through because email is the best way to get in touch with me now because social media just blew up and it was like more messages that, than I could possibly keep up with. And so I had to kind of tone it down and just keep it down to the basics. So I'm going backwards in time. I'm going back to the old school ways of communication just to keep a lid on it. See, and, and, that, and that's the thing. I, t- I talk about this all the time, how we have all these different avenues for social media and to connect with people from all around the world and all walks of life, seeing that it's 7 o'clock a.m. here in the States and it's what, like, one something, two something? In the U.K. <laughs> yeah, but um, email has become that archaic form of communication <laughs> within the new uh, millennia or whatever. <laughs> Hey, I want to I want to go even further back than that. I want to go back to postage where people actually have to go to the post office and, and pay to say something because I think it means they put more thought into what they say because I got I got tired of the thoughtless communication mm-hmm. on Twitter and Facebook and, and YouTube. And, and I feel the more thought someone puts into it, the, the more valuable that literally is uh, to me and to them. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to filter it a little bit to kind of keep the quality of communication a, a bit higher. Yeah, see, and, and I, I completely understand that because um, I have a few patrons that support the show. And, you know, whenever I send them anything, if I can do it 
uh, guerrilla style pretty much. I would do it that way. I, I send them handwritten letters with my sloppy handwriting and penmanship. <laughs> and, um, you know, I send them stuff via mail with my stamps on it and everything. So, I mean, they know that I took the time to curate and create this thing and send it to them, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, it's nice to, to go back in time sometimes. So, so I think we've gone too far the other way. Sometimes it's nice to stay in touch with uh, the more meaningful ways of communicating. Yeah, because, I mean, nowadays you can have automatic replies and stuff. To, you can have mm-hmm. predictive texts, which fucks me up so much on text messages when I send it to people. <laughs> so, Hey, try writing Matt Dickey with predictive text. You get a, oh. you get a lot of uh, funny looks. Yeah, little emojis with like uh, with eggplants and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the main question that I have for you before we even dive into all this other stuff, and it's air apparent that I can see within your background. I, I've come across you and come to know you because of the mobile game uh, Wrestling Revolution or Booking Revolution. And um, yeah. my first question that I have for you out of curiosity, are you at all a wrestling fan? Of course, yeah. I've always, um, since 1990, when I was about 10 years old in the Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior era, era I became a, a huge wrestling fan. And, and then I kind of, fell out of love with it. And then by the time the Attitude Era kicked in 10 years later, I became a, uh, a huge wrestling fan all over again and then kind of died down. And then uh, in the CM Punk, John Cena era, I became, and The Rock, when The Rock came back, I became a fan all over again. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of dwindled again. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've always, even when I'm not watching wrestling religiously, which I'm not at the minute, I'm not a huge fan of the current product. Uh, when I'm not watching it religiously, I'm always following the politics. I'm always following the news sites because that never stops being interesting to me. Yeah. The, the what, Who are they putting over and why are they putting them over and who's coming in and who's going out? I never lose interest in that. Yeah. Um, but I will occasionally lose interest in the TV product. You know? Yeah, I mean... I I, I kind of get that or whatever. I mean, I'm more of the opposite in, in that aspect to where like I'm interested in what's going on on TV. But if I happen to hear about something rumblings behind the scenes or whatever, I mean, it'll pique my interest. But I'm not like actively sorting it out and whatnot. Like I'm right now, I'm debating on um doing another side project or whatever that would probably require me to do something to that effect. And I'm not really looking forward to it. But I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm I'm gonna try to hone it and make it uh, unique to me and what I got going on over here as I can. But enough about that. Enough about that. I mean, I think Hulk Hogan is a gateway drug for many younger uh, people in our generation anyway, uh, getting into professional wrestling. And I I tell this story many times that I didn't get into professional wrestling because of professional wrestling. I got into it because of Hulk Hogan, the actor. (laughs) So so I I seen this guy in a movie first before I've ever seen him in a wrestling ring. And I was like... You're the only human being that has made that transition. <laughs> which, which, which movie was it? I think it was... Um, it could have been Rocky, but, like, I remember... Oh, Rocky, Rocky's fair enough. I thought you meant, like, Suburban Commando. And then- well, well, I mean, I was about to say that next. <laughs> I was about to say that next. It was... Uh, uh, yeah, it was Rocky... Then I seen Suburban Commando and I floated around. I ran into No Holds Barred somewhere, which is kind of right. res- wrestling esque. So, <laughs> like Rocky, it's like Rocky for wrestling fans, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's just weird. But um, getting more into you because I mean, I I said your name at the uh, top of the show. Uh, for people who may not be familiar with you 
in what you do. Um, you are independent. You know, it's a whole solo operation. It's just the man that I'm looking at here on the, on the screen uh, developing all this content. I mean, what led you down this path? What's, um, what I really want to know is, was Pro Wrestling uh, Revolution your first project that you worked on? Oh, by no means. Um, I've been making computer games since the year 2000, so 18 years. And for the first, it's always been on my own, always on my own terms, just seeing how far I can take it as one man. Mm -hmm. uh, and it turns out I took it pretty far, and I, I used to make entire wrestling games on my own. Mm -hmm. And originally that was for the PC for the first 10 years, um, where I had mixed success. And then by 2012, mobiles became big. Yeah. That's when I made the switch. I made a, a, a touchscreen wrestling game called Wrestling Revolution. And um, it was the biggest wrestling game of its kind. Nobody had ever seen wrestling on that scale in the palm of their hand, in their pocket. Um, and I gave them that in 2D, and then I did it all over again in 3D a couple of years later, uh, which was even more popular um, in terms of downloads. Yeah. And, yeah, that, that's it, it was by no means my first project, but it was uh, – Wrestling has been my first passion in, in this game development uh, business. Okay. It's definitely my go-to. That's my go. That's my flagship genre. That's my bread and butter. Okay. So, like, what sparked that idea? I know. I mean, we always we have your background in um, what got you into professional wrestling and the politics and whatnot. But like, what mm -hmm. made you sit there and be like, I think I could do this. I'm going to make a wrestling game. It, it kind of happened. Um, very gradually, the first game I ever made was wrestlers just jumping off, um, <laughs> off, off for stunts. They were just performing stunts. It was just the high-flying aspect of wrestling. And then I made a game that was just the hand-to-hand -hand combat of wrestling. It was basically a, a boxing game, a hand-to-hand -hand combat game. And then, and then you kind of add these layers on. You, you take the hand-to-hand -hand combat, you take the flying, you add the grappling, then you add the RPG-style statistics, then you add the management and the career modes, and it kind of it snowballs. Mm -hmm. So step by step. And, and that's what I tell people nowadays when they want to make a game. They don't want to hear that you have to take it step by step. And it wasn't my intention to just make a wrestling game straight away. It was my intention to make a game. And I made so many games that they rolled into uh, a bigger project. But if you try to make a big project straight away yeah. as your first project, you are doomed to fail. And that's the single biggest mistake that uh, game designers make uh, when they're learning. They just want they want to make Tomb Raider tomorrow. And <laughs> you've, got to, you've just got to make a human being that walks around in circles. And then you can start worrying about Tomb Raider. After that. The the one that you was talking about was that the um, the way they was just jumping around was that the stunts game or something? It was it was the Hardy Boys stunt challenge. challenge. Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember back, back in two thousand, I was a huge fan of the Hardy Boys, and they brought the, this high flying style to the Attitude Era, and um, yeah, and yeah, that was quite popular. Um, it was the first game I ever released publicly, mm -hmm. and everybody just enjoyed this simple game where you you. Uh, throw yourself off to score points and that, that's it nothing more nothing less and it just grew grew from there gradually see what what um you, you're not lying i mean it was nothing that i've ever seen whenever i got a hold to um, the 2d version 
And um, I can remember, um, <laughs> I can remember just going through it because, like, um, what I like to do personally when I play it. Well, I I really don't even play it. Like in the beginning, I would you know try to do the button combos and all kind of stuff like that. But what I enjoy the most is the booking aspect of it. So I like to get the characters. I like to dress them like current day roster because I mean you have that customization level on there, and I just like to you know let the AI wrestle while I try to book and manage the storylines and everything. So I really enjoy that. But, but would you believe that that's the that's the side of it that I get the most criticism for from within the industry, like behind the scenes? Uh, a, a publisher told me we do not want to see a game about the uh, minutia of wrestling, about the niche aspects of wrestling. We don't want to see a game about the backstage. That's bullshit. Uh, and, then, and then Steam told me we don't want to publish the, the booking version of this game, so we're not going to put it on Steam. So you, you get all this blowback where people who don't love wrestling are telling me what I can deliver to my audience. And nine times out of ten, they say, do not deliver this booking mode to your audience. And they, and what I'm proud to say is that I took that booking revolution concept past five million downloads, a decent review average under that scrutiny. And I, I really, we, together, we proved them all wrong, me and my audience. There were so many naysayers who did not believe in that concept or that approach. And now, now people complain when there isn't a GM mode in WWE 2K19. It's gone the other way. I've, I've made it so commonplace, or, or not just me, but this whole independent movement has made that aspect so commonplace that WWE gets criticized when they don't do it. So, yeah. Yeah. You know. That's that's exactly what I was going to bring up. You hit it right on the head because it's just like, okay, um, we play wrestling game after wrestling game after wrestling game every year. I mean, we know what we're going to get. We're going to get wrestling, you know, and um, to bring another layer of um, that realm into a game, I think that's freaking awesome because like right here on my, my shelf over here, I got uh, NBA 2K19 and yeah. I play the game. But what I'm more interested in is not so much the story mode. I like to do the GM mode. I like to trade players. I like to um, set the prices in my stadiums and whatnot. You know, all I like all those little aspects, you know, of the behind the scenes stuff because, I mean, I know I'm going to play basketball. I know what the characters can do. I, I want something more than that. Yeah. And it's good to have the choice because I give people a choice. They can do the in-ring competition. Mm -hmm. They can step back and do the, the backstage or just do both, literally play your own uh, bookings. But uh, um, going back to sports and other GMOs, I can't take credit for wrestling management, uh, the rest of the concept of wrestling management, because I got the idea from football, uh, soccer management games that I used to play 20 years ago. I, and I would play those religiously, and I got so much pleasure out of those that it was just obvious to me that if I ever got to make a wrestling game, I would just transplant that whole concept of buying talent, training talent, deploying talent as you see fit, just add that whole thing uh, bring it to wrestling and make it a staple part of wrestling games. And fortunately, we were, we were able to accomplish that. Yeah, because, I mean, it also puts me in, um, minus the action aspect of it, it also puts me in the realm of uh, EWR, you know, those... Uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the booking, just the straight-up booking um, aspect of the game. Um, man, it's, it's, it's still weird that I'm sitting here talking to you. Because, like, um, I can remember playing the 2D version and just remembering like how just even the the reversal concept of it or whatever, like how a guy can just throw a regular punch and you got these characters down flipping them into arm bars and all kind of stuff. And even now when I play the um the three D version, how 
freaking you got a guy in um a arm break or whatever and he roll him over into a freaking um like the disarmer like how Becky Lynch do and all the taking the free leg and smashing them across the face and all that. You, you put so much work into it. I mean, I really appreciate it. Thanks. So yeah, I, I'm glad you noticed that because I worked really hard on developing an animation system that was versatile, that allowed me to do all this chain wrestling and allow anything to happen at any moment. I deliberately designed it um, with that in mind. Whereas you might get these more beautiful motion captured animations from WWE's games, but, but the reason my game is simpler in its animation is because it's supposed to be so that I can take this motion and combine it with that motion. And, and it's, it's tailor-made for what I love about wrestling, which is the chain wrestling, which is the submission holds that you can hold in any direction. I, I, I love that. The fact that you are controlling the animation, the animation isn't controlling you. Mm-hmm. And that for me is what a game is about. That's, that's what I don't enjoy about some mainstream games. That they're so beautiful, they're so good looking, that there's no room to be versatile and to, and to, and to be free and to just be pliable. And when, when we're talking about wrestling, we're talking about the human body bending in whichever way it can to inflict pain. And for me, that's very important, that, that versatility. Now, um, when it comes to the aspects of uh, your storylines and everything that you incorporate into the game, I mean, that's all. I mean, it's obviously a one man show, but like, what, what's your inspiration for those things? Like the lines, the dialogue. The well, okay, this, the ideas for it aren't very original. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, half the time I'll just copy what I've seen on TV or throughout the history of wrestling, <laughs> yeah. or because it's all there's only so many ways you can say I'm going to kick your ass for this reason, this reason, or this reason. I'm going to kick your ass. Um, but the challenge with a game is it's like writing a comic book where you've got to squeeze the text into this little speech bubble. And so that's, an, that's what I'm proud of in my games is I cho- I'm very careful about the words I choose. If you look at it, it's, it's, two, it's always a sentence that completes itself within the speech bubble. Perfectly, like I'm so OCD that it's like letter for letter, it's this perfect two lines. It, encaps- it encapsulates in one sentence, in two lines, exactly what that needs to be said at that moment by that person. So... When people do criticize my dialogue and say it's, it's, um, you know, it's not a work of art or anything, what they don't understand is that I've had to compromise to squeeze it, to express what I want to express very, concise, very concisely. There's great economy of words is being used. Um, and added to that is you don't, there's a lot of variables, what we call variables yeah. in programs. It could be anybody's name mm-hmm. who is gender. So I'm not making any assumptions about him, her, you know, them, and it could be a name that could be very long, it could be very short, it could be the Million Dollar Man, it could be Steve Austin, uh, and you've got to make all these compromises while still expressing yourself, and and it has to apply to anyone in any situation. There's 300 characters, I can't make any assumptions about who they are and what they've done, and um, so it's this real balance, it's real juggling balancing acts. Um, so I'm, I'm proud of what I've managed to accomplish with the dialogue here. Yeah, and then yeah. to speak more about the layers of this game and just in the dialogue alone, uh, I notice how the game pokes fun at itself and whatnot. So, like, all right, if um I pick uh, the option to um have the champion grant a challenger a, a title opportunity or whatever, so that makes them the a special guest referee. So if you don't plug that player in as a special guest referee and just some <laughs> random guy says the dialogue that the champion is supposed to say, they'll be like, when it comes out in a little newspaper article at the end, be like, um, such and such cut a promo that made no sense whatsoever. 
Yeah, I, I, I put in that little line of code where I can detect whether it does or doesn't make sense. Because especially for the booking aspect, I wanted that to be part of the game where you have to choose a promo that makes sense like you do in real life. And I wanted to punish players who didn't. And so they lose a few popularity points if it's, uh, if it, if it's illogical, if you haven't put any thought into it. Yeah. And see, for people like me, because like, I forget a lot of shit. So like, um, I'm playing the games and I like uh, I have like the perfect dialogue for whatever situation it may be because I, I like looking at the little star counter that you got up here at the top. So as soon as the mat, the bell ring, the flames come up around the star and everything, I see the points going up and I'm like, all right, yeah, I got some good dialogue. And then like two or three matches later, I get the little news report and it'll be like uh, such and such as feud has died down. It's lost momentum. I was like, damn, I forgot about that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it keeps you engaged and, you know, it's like you really have to sit here and manage the game, manage your characters and your talent or whatnot, or you'll lose them to another brand and, yeah. you know, you'll get, drop down in the ratings. Yeah. Yeah, I like to leave no stone unturned when I'm making these games, which is hard for wrestling because there's thousands of possibilities, but I just, while I'm playing, while I'm playtesting it, I'll just map out every possible thing that I could have experienced. Whether it's someone's feud starting, ending, with who, in any situation, because they just came from there, because they just went there. There's a thousand variables mm. spinning around, and I've got to try and make sense of it. And, um, and that's where some of the magic happens, because sometimes things will happen that I didn't even envisage happening. But, but somebody will have their own free-roaming career that just spills up wherever it will. Mm. And, um, but sometimes it backfires, and somebody will have a nonsensical experience that doesn't quite make sense to anybody. Um, so it's, it makes my games easy to criticize, but it's worth it for the magic moments when it does all, the stars align and it does all kind of make sense. Yeah, because I, I can remember certain instances where the, um, the owner would come to me and be like, hey, you need to get the roster up to 34 by a week, whatever, and I'll forget about it. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll be like, oh shit, I need to sign somebody. And just so happens, like you said, another guy from another federation would come invade the match and he'd be like, hey, this is not a takeover. This is a more like a freaking, you know, you know, you know the dialogue. I forget what it is word for word, but he's like, I want to join your wrestling federation, whatever. And I'd be like, yes, now I got 34 people on the roster. <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's a complete coincidence. That's a com complete coincidence between you having that mission and you having that experience of a guy invading your promotion. And, and it just kind of gels. I didn't intend to that to, to that to happen per se, but, you know, something special happened in your particular career, and that's fine. Yeah. And I, I, I just like the, the randomness of uh, the game as well, because I, I can remember um, having a submission match, and I won – via test of strength. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, I like to make anything possible. Some people complain that, oh, the match ended after 14 seconds. Well, just watch Ronda Rousey breaking someone's arm in 14 seconds. It happens. Or it might be a match where nobody ever submits, no matter how hard you try. It happens. People have 60-minute broadways. I, I, I want from, begin, from the smallest match to the longest match, I try to make everything possible. Yeah. But um, that means you annoy half, half the people because they want... A lot of people want a predictable thing to happen. He's got no help. I win. He should submit straight away. He should be pinned straight away. It's not going to happen in my games. Anything can happen. Yeah, because I've been in that exact situation. Because yeah. like, I have my own personal creative character in there. He runs my federation in there. And, you know, every time, every now and then the GM has to mix it up. He got to get in the mix and put hands on uh, the employees. Let them know they got to stay in line. Smack them around a bit. And 
every time I get in the ring, that bell ring, my health bar is like full. Bam, bam, two hits, and my shit is like all the way down. To, I was like, golly. <laughs> I put my dude stuff up to 99% everywhere. <laughs> so they be getting me every now and then. Yeah, but yeah, that can happen. Either they can get an especially solid blow or they can um, injure you, and then that's it. You get wiped out. Yeah, I mean, but that's what makes the game unpredictable. That's what makes the game fun for me. And then, like, um, the bouts that you talk about to where they can just go on and on and on. I have sat there because, like I said, I, I let the AI duke it out. And I have sat there literally for – because sometimes, depending on what the match stipulation is, I take the time off. So I've oh. I've sat there for uh, upwards of 45 minutes or so while this game was just running. They just bashing each other all over the daggone arena. So, I mean, that's what I like about the game that is in my pocket. I can take yeah. it anywhere, especially if, like, I'm at the VA hospital and I know I'm going to be there all day. I just set it up there and I just let it run. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. That's exactly why I was so big on mobiles because I've, I've heard from people who are in the hospital and the only thing they've got to kill the time is, is this wrestling game in their pocket that can kill a good two or three hours. And, and I know myself from long plane journeys uh, that I've, I've killed plenty of time with these games and that, that never used to be possible uh, 10 years ago. Yeah, and let's just even speak about that aspect. You said from 2000 all the way up until now, 18 years. Mm. With technology and how it's evolved because you started out on the PC and everything, yeah. from the time you started, what has changed so much in your development uh, process that um like you now that that you're doing it you can't see how this was possible without it you know just so like you started out in 2000 what's something that you have now that like you don't understand you know why we didn't think of this way back when when uh, you first started doing this why i didn't think of it um well the only one one the biggest thing that's changed is um the download sizes mm. back in the old days you used to be worried about how big a game was or, or, or something but now uh, because of broadband yeah that's not an issue anymore and people just download um they download a game that's 40 gigabytes in the case of wwe 2k19 uh, my games are only uh, 50 megabytes but even so back in the day that was that was bigger than an n64 cartridge that was bigger <laughs> the most discs and most um yeah most discs that we use back then but um yeah that's the biggest thing is the ability to deliver content to somebody especially with things like google play now and the apple itunes store i don't need a physical store with a physical disc to give someone a game the biggest thing now is it's just all on the internet so i'd, I'd say the the advent of the broad of broadband in about 2007 for me really change the way I make games how big I make them how I deliver them to people yeah that's and it's I'm just as you was breaking down the specs as far as like gigabytes and megabytes and everything I just like flashed through my mind about you man you remember floppy disk and like yeah I almost said floppy disk but I never released a game on floppy disk that was that was 3.5 megabytes I think or yeah. maybe even less than that I can remember when they released the the freaking zip drive with a hundred freaking I had yeah, 100 megabit uh, fat disc and everything. And I was just like, whoa, man, I could fit all kinds of junk on here. Yeah, yeah, I, I fit an entire Super Nintendo emulator on one of those zip disks. And I used to take that everywhere around my college. Yeah. Man. <laughs> so what used to be an entire bookshelf full of games is now was 
just a cartridge. Yeah, I mean, as as I, I mean, you can't really see it on camera, but I'm sitting in my media room, and right now I'm surrounded by one thousand two hundred and forty nine DVD and Blu-rays right now. I got physical copies. I mean, they're all over the place, and all this can fit on a little bitty hard drive, probably about the size of my freaking palm. And it's just crazy to think about that. Like maybe even ten years ago, or even uh, you know a little bit further than that, that wasn't even possible. <laughs> but and now you don't even need a download. You don't need that of any kind. I, I stream all the movies I'm watching. I'm not legally. I stream them through like Sky Cable TV and everything. Mm-hmm. And now that the, even the concept of owning a DVD is very old fashioned to me to, to put a DVD on. I just like to stream it from the internet mm-hmm. um, through my TV. That's how I watch movies now. Yeah, this is like I mean I have this many because I'm a collector, but like <laughs> just to be like, uh, yeah, I can watch this on my watch, like literally, like I can just put a movie on my freaking watch right now and just have at it. You know, <laughs> but and that's where games that's where games have gone as well. They've become that accessible, and that's what I have to be grateful for because I, I couldn't I couldn't reach these audiences until it was all digital, and and uh, I didn't need to rely on anybody to put the, the games in the stores because nobody would. Therefore, I had to wait for this moment to be to reach so many people, and of course, that's where the millions of downloads come from because. Every human being with a phone can get your games if they want it. So that's where the numbers come from. Mm-hmm. So I mean, as far as your um, whole solo development and everything, what has been the biggest challenge being an independent developer so far? The the biggest challenge. The biggest challenge throughout my career is, I suppose, making games that people respect and, and enjoy because you're not dealing with perfection when you're one man doing the work of an entire office block of people. The results are very easy to criticize. So if somebody doesn't respect how hard it is to make a game, I'm, I'm the easiest guy in the room to criticize and make fun of. And so the biggest challenge is educating people on on what I've accomplished, on how hard this was, on why it's this way, because I'll still get people saying, the graphics should be better, the graphics should be better. <laughs> it's like, should they? I mean, that the graphics are the reason it works on any mobile phone, the yeah. graphics are the reason it weighs 50 megabytes instead of 50 gigabytes, the graphics are the reason you can have a 20-man battle royal, the graphics are the reason you can have over 300 characters. Should I really get rid of all that to have two beautiful statues staring at each other? Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's hard to educate people on the on the compromises you've made to drag a project over the finish line. And um, the smaller you are, the harder that is to explain to people. Because, I mean, WWE 2K19 just made my job even harder because that's photorealistic. It's the yeah. most realistic wrestling game I've ever, I've ever seen. And and now that's I'm still I'm getting emails right now saying, could you make uh, make it a bit more like WWE 2K19, but still on the phone? It's like. No, no, no. <laughs> I cannot. WWE can't do that either. So yeah, and that—that's another comparison. Like um, everything that you got jam packed into this, you know, this mobile yeah. game. You know, I look at other uh, wrestling games that they have out there because I think uh, New Japan World just released a mobile game not too long ago. Um, WWE always had some form of a mobile game out there, and just a few others sprinkled here and there. 
none of them to me to me i'm just speaking for myself i can't speak for everybody else but to me none of them is carrying the weight that you know wrestling revolution is carrying and you know that's why i enjoy it so much because like i can get obsessed with it or i can just play it like every day for a week straight and then i'll be like man i'm tired of this and i'll put it away and then as soon as i open up my phone to like check twitter or something i see the little icon looming over there in the corner and i'm like uh, I got a couple minutes to kill. Let me go ahead and check on my my my, my promotion and whatnot. So, I mean, it 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 definitely is its own thing compared to you know whatever else they got floating around out there. And that's what I like about it so much. I mean, I can't freaking put it down. Yeah, right. I'm glad to hear that. But it's interesting that you mentioned carrying the weight because I feel I'm carrying too much weight because I I feel. Um, WWE have dropped the ball as far as mobiles is concerned, and, and they should have a. I, I, I shouldn't have. I'm grateful for it, but I shouldn't have the most popular wrestling game on mobiles. WWE should have the most popular wrestling game on mobiles, mm-hmm. and, and I should be playing backup. I should be the alternative. Yeah. Because uh, I, I feel I have to be all things to all wrestling fans now because um, the, I've got the WWE fans demanding that quality of work from me, from one man, one person. That's, that's not my job. It's not my job to make games about WWE at all. And it's definitely not my job to make games that are, that are comparable to WWE 2K19. Mm-hmm. I'd prefer it, um, not to sound too ungrateful, but I'd prefer it if I kind of step back and just play my independent independent role. Um, yeah, I'd prefer that, I think. Now, A bit less now thinking about that and, there, and you know all the stuff that you um, brought up about shouldering all the burden of uh, being an independent uh, content creator, have you ever mm. thought about bringing someone in to help out? It's it's a popular misconception that my games would be better if I had more people working for me because everything people like about my games comes from me working on my own. Mm-hmm. That's where the, the minute you add so much as one other person, the price of the game doubles because I've got somebody else to pay. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the time it takes to make mm-hmm. actually increases because I've got someone I've got to talk to, communicate with, and, and the creativity dilutes because I've got someone I have to, someone has to agree to every idea I have. Whereas at the minute, I make the first thing, I make whatever comes into my head with no compromises, with no conversations. I keep 100% of the profits. And, and, and that's everything that people like about my games, uh, I believe comes back to me making them on my own. The minute you add so much as one other person, that all starts to drift away. because. Think about it. We're, we're surrounded by games that are made by teams. They're yeah. over there. They cost $50. They weigh 50 gigabytes. They take years to make. They're good looking and they're, they're over there. Uh, my job is to provide the alternative, which is the cheaper alternative, the lighter alternative, the, the more creative alternative. And that's always going to be made by either one man or a smaller team. Yeah. And then you even talk about you being the alternative. I, I look at it as the other way around because I play all these other wrestling games and everything, but I always wind up coming back to you. And I play those games to take a break from what you created. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's a double edged sword, I, I, I believe. But um, how is this game? in comparison to all the other creations that you have? Because you got a prison simulator. You have like a, a high school drama simulator. You got all these other different types of things that kind of run off the same engine from what I've been seeing. There's some interesting comparisons because, um, well, 
The um, wrestling games are a lot harder to make than any other game. I, I cannot think of a harder genre to make than wrestling. If you just talk about the sheer number of characters and the number of moves and animations, thousands of animations of all kinds. When you go back to make a game like Hard Time, the prison game, or a game about school, or even a game about superheroes, it's like a day off. It's, it's, it's easier. They take half as long to make. And guess what? They're more popular. Um, my most popular games in order are Hard Time, School Days, and Super City. And all three of those were easier to make than any of the wrestling games. They've got better reviews. More people buy them. Um, they're not downloaded by more people, but they're financially supported by more people. Mm -hmm. So I have this real dilemma where wrestling for me is a passion project. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't make sense financially for me to make a wrestling game. It's like charity work. I, I do it because I love it. Um, logically, rationally, I should just make games like Hard Time every year. Um, but I always come back, I always come back um, to my passion. And I have to be grateful that wrestling is the backbone of everything else I've done because what will happen is I'll make a wrestling game and then I'll ride it until the wheels fall off, making the prison version of it, the school version of it, the superhero version of it, the zombie version of it. And then it'll kind of die down and, and I'll get tired of doing the same thing over and over. The fans will get tired of, of the same old shit. And then I have to then that's my that's where I'm at now. That's my motivation to to keep a low profile, learn some new things, and then come back stronger uh, a couple of years later with something new. Yeah, because I, I, I have noticed that from all the time that I've been um, playing and diving into the game. Because even the stuff that I was talking about before about like uh, the chain wrestling aspect of the of the, um, the wrestling game, that wasn't always there. I mean, mm -hmm. it was there in some semblance, like on a smaller scale, but like now I've seen it grown into something a little bit bigger because like I can remember to where um, somebody would do a spear and that would be it now you can see them do a spear then the other person catch them and kind of put them into a guillotine and then that yeah, person you know that is because, um, because I made an MMA game I made the MMA version of yeah. Wrestling Revolution 3D Weekend Warriors and then and so when I, when I do um, branch out and try some new concepts I always come back with something from that original game so it's this very symbiotic process where they're all growing together they're, they're blossoming and they're feeding off each other but that's kind of backfired because now everyone's complaining oh that they're too similar <laughs> well they're only similar because i achieved something and brought it back home to the nest mm -hmm. and um so you've got to decide what you want do you want them all to be similar in a good way or do you want them all to be completely separate and they never share each other's progress yeah because i can remember um <laughs> <laughs> I can remember the 2D version. Uh, damn, you had knives in there. You could shank people just like hard times. And um, yeah. you had a stick of dynamite in there that would blow characters across the screen and whatnot. So, I mean, I kind of missed it in the 3D version or whatever. So, but I mean, I understand the progress and the process and everything. Yeah. Man. Um, your shirt there you know we, we spoke about it a little bit off air i was like so we talk about game developing you are here on a podcast this is being recorded for your youtube channel um other than your your empire here that you got i mean what what are your other interests besides professional wrestling um i'm interested in in fitness that's that's oh it's been a big part of my entire adult life is yeah, i know because your arms are happy <laughs> Huh? Yeah, because I, I can see your arms are having a hard time fitting into this uh, shirt that you got there. 
Oh, I've actually lost weight, actually. Um, but when I was a wrestling fan, I, I used to aspire to be like a wrestler. I used to work out like a wrestler. I wanted to be as big as a wrestler. But now I'm a bigger fan of MMA than I am of professional wrestling. So now I'm kind of, I imagine I'm on a weight cut every time. And I'm try- that's my ideal body shape now is like a 185 pound middle weight. So, so now I'm, I've got a kind of more functional kind of fitness, mm-hmm. uh, especially because I'm getting older as well. So yeah, you get- but yeah. The wrestling fan in me has always respected the fitness aspect of it, or the, at least the strength aspect of wrestling. Um, and I always aspired to that. I didn't always accomplish it, but um, I've always respected um, I've respected that about wrestlers and athletes and fighters in general. And yeah, I just try to follow in the footsteps as much as you can when your job is to be chained behind a desk 12 hours a day. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you're talking about... Um pretending like you had a weigh-in and whatnot. So you get in front of your workstation, getting ready to take on a day. You take your shirt off, you start flexing and everything <laughs> and whatnot. But um, as far as that goes, I mean, you're older gentleman now. I mean, I, I believe we're in the same age bracket. I feel myself doing the same thing. We both got younger kids and whatnot. Um, how hard is that to do every morning, man? Just get up. You know, get the kids off to school, come in, try to do a little work and maintain, you know, a healthy lifestyle. Well, that, that's one of the reasons I've had to take I've had to come back from full time game development because it wasn't conducive to having children and being healthy. Because in 2016, I went down with a couple of stress related illnesses that um, nobody knows about because um, I was burning the candle at both ends and I was relocating a family of four from one country to another whilst making Super City and Weekend Warriors. And um, yeah, it's, 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 I was happy to do it at the time. I was happy to do, to do that in my twenties, but that's not sustainable for the future. That's, and to be honest, I, I don't consider myself to owe anybody anything mm-hmm. any more than I've already given. You know, I, I could, I could disappear tomorrow and I've already made enough games for one lifetime. I'm very happy with what I've accomplished. So I'm, whatever happens, I'm not saying there won't be more, but whatever happens next, it will happen on my terms in, in a way that is conducive to my lifestyle and my health. And, um, yeah, so now I'm like, I'm like the Brock Lesnar of game development. I'm just doing, <laughs> I'm working that part-time schedule as much as it, um, benefits my family. So it doesn't mean I'm gone forever, but it means I'm going to take it easy. Yeah. And I understand that. Cause I mean, I was like that with this podcast when I first started or whatever. I mean, I was just in it all. I was all in. I was just every day I was trying to record and trying to, you know, add something and tweak it and do this and do that be on other shows to get my name out there or whatever and it did take away from my family time and it did like mess with my sleep because I mean like I said here we are it was seven o'clock in the morning for me is you know the afternoon time for you trying to work out those uh schedules with other people from other countries and everything and then my wife was like didn't you supposed to do this Oh snap! I forgot I had to record, and you know that'll cause the quarrel at home. And now I'm getting put into a, a arm bar, flipped over into a kimura, and all this other stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a balance, man. I, I I totally understand it, you know. And given the amount of work that you do, I mean, that's why I appreciate your work so much. Thank you. So. That title back there. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the. I'm, I presume that is the U.S. title, right? WCW version. Oh yeah, there's a story behind that belt. That's the um, that's the first payment I ever received for making a game. Because <laughs> way, way back in 2000, uh, somebody said uh, this wrestling merchandise company said, um, "We'll 
we'll pay you to mention, to put our logo in your next wrestling game. And I said, no, 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 no. I want the title. Give me the title. Give me one of the real belts. And that would be my payment. Because as much as I needed money at the time, I knew money would just be a number in the bank that had long since disappeared. Mm -hmm. This, this stays. And it stays to remind me of the, the first time that my games were worth something. And uh, I haven't looked back since. And everything's grown from there. And now I have this trophy to, to look back on. Yeah, and that's that's freaking cool. How often have you wore it around to like the grocery store or something like that, or slung it over your shoulder? <laughs> oh no, no, it's just purely for decorative purposes. It's too heavy. It's too heavy to wear. It's a real one. Oh man, because I mean, I have um the four hundred and something dollar replica, the WWE, the current WWE Championship, and I can remember the first day I seen it. I went to uh, my very first WrestleMania out there in uh, Santa Clara. That was a, uh, I think. 31 um when Seth Rollins cashed in on Brock and Roman and um I was walking around the superstore and everything and um I walk in it's like this big Walmart for wrestling stuff there how they got it all set up and I can remember the first thing I seen and through the clearing of people and everything it's just this big kiosk and it had every single belt up there it had that title that you have back there it had uh big gold WCW belt. It had all kinds of belts up there. And I was sitting there because the one I, I wanted the most, the one I wanted for my personal collection was the old school WCW belt, the big gold belt, the giant one. Mm. And they had it. And I was like, oh, it's right there. But I, I, wish, I'd got, I wish I'd got that one now because I had a choice. They gave me a choice of, of any of the WCW belts. And I didn't like that one at the time for some reason. I thought it was too plain. And I, I actually like this United States design. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I quite like the uh, Ric Flair belt now. I've become a, a bigger fan of Ric Flair now than I was back in the day. So yeah, I, I wish I would have had that one as well. But. Yeah, but I mean, the, the whole thing about it is, is like, I don't know. I mean, I love the past because it shapes the future. But it's mm -hmm. like, I like to be in the now. And it wasn't too long that they had that design for the um, the current title. And I was just like, I want that one. Because like, if I go to a show or something, I don't want to be carrying around the old belt. I want to be yeah. carrying around the new belt. So which one have you got? Have you got the one that The Rock introduced? The WWE, the new one that The Rock introduced? I got, when the, one, he, I got the one that AJ Style currently have. Oh, okay. So I was just like, uh, I want that one. Let me get that one. And I was just, I went up to the counter. I was like, can I see it, please? And the dude put it in my hands. I was like, oh, this is heavy. Oh, and then, you know, I put it on my shoulder. I looked at the snaps. I snapped it up. I unsnapped it. And I was like, fuck, $438? It was my birthday that weekend, too. I was like, uh, call my wife. Hey, uh, <laughs> um, what you doing? <laughs> She's like, what you mean what I'm doing? I'm at home. She's like, I thought you was watching wrestling or at the show or whatever. So like, nah, it don't start yet. Um, I was just walking around the, um, the merchandise thing and, um, I was just seeing if you wanted a shirt or something. I know you like Dean Ambrose. They got some Dean Ambrose shirts. They got some Roman Reigns shirts, you know, just, you know. And then I was like, what do you think the kids want? Just, you know, walking all around the issue and shit, right? <laughs> and um, the I think the Series 2 Apple Watch came out, and I was talking to her about getting one. And it, at the time, it was like probably about the same amount as the belt cost. And I was just like, hey, uh, you know that Apple Watch that I was talking about? She's like, yeah, yeah. I said, they got something here that I want that costs about as much as the Apple Watch. Can I go ahead and get that? And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? I was like, oh, I want to get a belt. What? 
I want to get a belt. Get a what? I, I want to get a belt. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, all right, it's your birthday. Yeah, this is your first uh, WrestleMania. You can go ahead and get the belt. And I was like, yeah. And I went over there and I jumped on the counter. I was like, give me that one right there. And they threw it to me. And I threw money down on them like I was at a strip club. And I took the belt and I left. <laughs> <laughs> so where, where is it now then? I can't see it on display. Well, I mean, this is. You got to put it on display. I can go downstairs and get it real quick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I keep it in. um. It's like in my little back cave or whatever in the closet. It's just like sitting up there, sprawled out across the top of the um, the clothing shelf and everything. And just in case of emergency, I just had to run in the closet and put it on real quick and start styling and profiling. <laughs> so technically, this is a title versus title match between me and you. Oh, see, yeah. I mean, but I, I believe you have more skill and more clout. I mean, you work with the dynamics of wrestling just about every day i mean you've designed models to do moves and whatnot so i believe you got a little more intellect as far as uh wrestling prowess or whatever so i i'm I'm gonna concede i'm gonna go ahead and tap real quick you are are the champ you are the man i I bow to your excellence (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah um it's been great having you um as far as what I like to um, ask people and everything that um, have a project, have a thing that they do. Um, you've been doing this for quite a while. So what do you see for the foreseeable future of your brand, your product or whatever? Where would you like your empire to be within the next two to five years? Um, I, what, I'm, what I'm going to accomplish in the next couple of years is I'm going to disappear and learn a new programming language new programming language or a new game engine like unity mm-hmm. i don't know if you've heard of that but it's just a a different way of making games and if i if i can master that then more doors will be open to me um like consoles and and whatever the future holds for vr and ar um so i definitely owe it to myself and my fans to try to master that skill and make that transition and open a few more doors but I can't promise, I can't. Pro- I don't know what the future holds for that. Um, I'm just gonna try my best. I'm gonna try, I'm also interested in improving my 3D skills. Mm-hmm. Like I even take a course to, to literally improve my qualifications in that field, um, come back with some higher quality 3D work. Even though my games are never gonna look, yeah. uh, never gonna compare to mainstream games. But, but when, I, when I watch a 3D movie on, on TV, I always, when, when I'm watching a 3D animated movie with my kids, I'm always, analyzing how it's made and I, I, I want to learn more about it so that I can st- take a few more steps in that direction to understand what quality animation and quality visuals, uh, how they come to be and just equip myself with the skills. Um, but, but even if I could, I, I'm not a big fan of realism. Even if I could have any graphical style in the world, if I was the best artist in the world, my games would look like Street Fighter 4. I, I, really, like, <laughs> I really like that cartoony, less than realistic um look so yeah yeah you'll never get realism from me but you will hopefully get something different now with all that that you just said and everything i mean with the um mainstream market as far as gaming goes like um another game that's becoming uh, real popular is a fire pro wrestling have you ever yeah. seen that? Because I mean, that's a more of a simplistic design. It's more cartoony and whatever. It, it mm. kind of is almost, in a way, like um, a eight bitish 
type of graphic system and whatnot. And it has like it reminds me when I see that game, it reminds me of your game. So I'm yeah. like, hey man, they're ripping my man off. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's the other way around. Fire, Fire Pro was the first one of the first wrestling games I played way back in 1992 on the Super Nintendo. And I've always been inspired by what they accomplished in 2D. And then, so when I when I started making games in 2000, I was literally taking Fire Pro graphics and editing it beyond recognition uh, with my own kind of style. And then that evolved into my own graphics. So I literally owe everything to Fire Pro Wrestling. That was my beginning. It was my inspiration. And I'm, I'm happy to see what they've accomplished on PC, on, on Steam. They, uh, they've got a very popular 2D wrestling game on, on Steam. An alternative to WWE, which I'm always supportive of. Yeah, they just um, not too long ago. I I just bought the newest edition because they um, incorporated the new Japan characters into it, and it came out on a uh, PlayStation Four. So oh, so you got on PlayStation Four now with the new Japan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Has it got the GM mode yet? They were talking about a uh, promoter mode. I believe they do. I've I've only played it like maybe twice. I have, so I haven't really dove into it yet. But I know they got like shit. I paid fifty dollars for the game, and then now they got a damn fifty dollar season pass that incorporates for the original fifty dollars. Yeah, the game is fifty dollars itself, and then they got a fifty dollar freaking season pass that incorporates like I think a junior heavyweight title and division, and some a whole bunch of other stuff going on. So I was just like, that's why I haven't really dove into it yet. I was like, Ugh. I, I missed the trick. I, I only charged five. I, I've given people five years of entertainment for five dollars. <laughs> I didn't know I could charge a hundred dollars. And see, and, and that's the thing though, like with your game, because um, I'm hesitant about mobile games to like pay money for mm, it or whatever. Yeah. But like playing your game is like the 2d version I, I paid for that one and i was playing it first you know for free and then i was just like i throw the money down on this i'm playing it a lot and i'm playing it every day i put some money down on it and then you kind of pissed me off because like I, I, I bought i bought the 2d well i was playing the 2d version for a long time and then um i seen you doing your you had like a couple of videos showing how you started working on the 3d version i said like, oh man this is gonna be cool so i started like keeping track of that and then when I finally bit the bullet, I was like, fuck it, I play this game too much. I'm put all the all the season passes, whatever you had on it, I put the money down for it. And then like start seeing the 3D version pop up. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> so, oh, I was like, fuck it. You can have both. That's what I do. I, I, I play either one of them. If you get bored of one, you play the other one. Mm-hmm. And then when you get bored of that, you go back to the other one. So yeah. I like to mix it up and give people options so that they never get truly bored of, of the same thing. They just they can always mix it up. Yeah, I mean, and that's a part of the process. It's just like the progression. It's just seeing it go from 2D to 3D. I mean, it really excited me because I knew it was just you behind the boards by yourself doing it all. And I was like, damn, this dude is like. <laughs> I tell you, that is the hardest I've ever worked in my life. 2014, I remember every day of that year because I was I was just scratching and clawing to make the, the People forget that's the first 3D mobile app I ever made. That's my hello world is Wrestling Revolution 3D. So I worked extremely hard to A, educate myself on how to make a 3D mobile app and B, deliver it and drag it over the finish line. So it was the hardest I've ever worked. And um, I don't, part of me part of me said, I'm never gonna work that hard again, but, but we'll see what happens in a couple of years. The time is ripe for me to do it all over again in a different game engine, but 
I really feel something in me has changed though. I never thought a game designer would feel that way, but the 35 year old me feels, doesn't feel as powerful as the 25 year old me. I don't feel my, I feel my my mind is going. I'm a bit slow minded and my memory's not <laughs> as good. It's strange. I never thought that would happen, but I just, whatever it took to make that game, I don't quite have it anymore. So it's, it's strange to think that way when you're just a game designer. It's like when a sports person, when an athlete doesn't feel the same way they did 10 years ago, it's, it's, it really feels like that. It's like, my best years are behind me and I'm not, I'm not, I certainly don't have the energy to be that guy anymore who, who spends 12 hours a day making games. Well, see, my kids deserve better than that. Yeah, that too. And then like, since you've been doing it so long is the experience factor, you know, yeah. like back then you didn't know how to freaking animate a punch at some yeah. point. So now you know how to do that with your eyes closed. So, I mean, yeah, there's that aspect. if I do ever do it again, there will be a certain experience factor to it. But at the same time, I know for a fact how much work it takes. <laughs> Just to do the same thing again, I know how much work that takes. On so improve level. on it, which is what people expect from a five-year layoff, to improve on it is, um, is a lot of pressure on myself. So I'm trying to keep a low profile so that there is no such pressure. And maybe I'll surprise people in a couple of years. Yeah. Now, as far as your... Um expertise goes and whatnot. Have you been formally trained on this or this is just something that you picked up on your own and taught yourself? You mean game development? Yes. Um, technically, it's, it's awkward because technically I did go to university to study game development, but I didn't learn anything that I didn't teach myself because it was one of the first times they ever taught that subject and it was the blind leading the blind and nobody had a clue what they were doing. So on paper, I went to university to study game development. In real life, it was me coming home, putting in work on my own time after hours and making it happen for myself. So Yeah, because I mean, that's how it is with, you know, a lot of people, because I know me personally like this. I mean, podcasting is his own thing, but I didn't know shit about it other than I listened to it and I didn't know anything about setting up a microphone to a mixer, recording a Skype call or none of that stuff. So. You know, it, rather than me going on YouTube and looking up this stuff or asking somebody, I just took it upon myself to try to do it myself. Because, I mean, I can go back to episode five of this episode, and this is like episode 142. Uh, me and my wife sitting in there with two USB microphones and one laptop trying to record two different sets of audio, but a laptop only recognizes one USB microphone at a time. So I'm sitting there, in essence, recording two people on one USB microphone with two of them set up thinking that we having a good old time recording two different sets of audio. So yeah. I, I didn't know that shit. And then um, like Kevin Smith famously talks about it, like how he went to film school and then you know he felt like he didn't really learn anything, so he left and went on to make clerks and all these other things. I mean, it just depends on the person and their drive and how much passion they want to do, you know, put into the thing that they want to do. I mean, they eventually find a way without, you know, the training or the help. Yeah. And it's not for everybody, but, but, but that usually is what happens. You know, if you, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. And the, it's not the job of these universities to churn out ready-made game designers or whatever. You have to go the extra mile. You, because the, here's what I say, uh, education teaches you how to follow the rules, mm -hmm. but real life requires you to redefine the rules. So there's gotta be that switch halfway through the process where you are making the rules, where you are calling the shots, 
Otherwise, you're never going to deviate from history. You're never going to create your own history. You're just repeating somebody else's history. Yeah. So at some point, education has to become about you um, taking the next steps on your own, in your own way, in your own direction. And um, my teachers will tell you that I did that pretty quickly. Much <laughs> to their annoyance. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I believe it's necessary. I mean, they're they are there to give you the tools they are there to set you on the path i mean whether you stay on that road is entirely up to you i mean you make your own trails you make your own paths because i mean i went to school for graphic design and all kind of stuff and the only reason that i i hated school but the only reason i went was because well i already do this thing so why don't i get it like on paper that i can do this thing you know that was the logic in my head at the time and then i sat there in class and um, they're giving me assignments, and it was like, all right, we need you to do this. I was like, okay, um, all right, I know how to do this. I mean, what are you teaching me here to do? So I was like, all right, fuck this couch, and I left. <laughs> and I just went do it on my own. Uh, you know, I figured it out myself. Yeah. And then with the technology, we was talking about this before. If I want to learn how to take apart a computer and put it back together, other than that broken computer, I, I can't get on YouTube and look at the video, but I can pull up my phone and look up a video on how to rip that computer apart and put it back together brand new or even improve upon that computer where, yeah. to where way back when we didn't have that luxury. And, you know, that's what I like about today's technology. Yeah, I think that goes back to what I was saying about the biggest change has been the Internet because now we don't even need teachers to teach us because I'm, I'm going to teach myself unity through youtube i'm, I'm just going to look up some youtube videos uh, or, or at least some online tutorials and i'm going to teach myself mm -hmm. and that's all we need nowadays the internet and and especially high speed internet has, has revolutionized what we can consume and what we can uh distribute yeah because it reminds me of uh i forget the guy name Shit, hell he died not too long ago the dude that made the um the freaking Final Fantasy and um, it was like the Final Fantasy and uh, Kingdom Hearts mashup to where all the different characters was fighting all the Halo and Metroid mashup to where um, the, the Master Chief was um, fighting all the characters with the Metroid character and everything and whatnot. But that dude, he did all that stuff. He animated the whole graphics and the videos all by himself. And um, I think he wind up landing a job with like IGN and all kind of other stuff because of that. Um, I don't remember. I know it was Hayloid or Met. Some I forget the name of the shit. I probably link it to you some kind of way so you can um, look it up because I know if you see it, you gonna know what I'm talking about. But he, that dude did CG animation all by himself, self-taught, and um, he became critically acclaimed for that. I mean you in a way are uh, that type of person to me to where you took something and just created it. Here's the thing, if you're passionate about something, it doesn't feel like work. Like I, I just look back after 18 years and just realize, oh, oh, that's what I accomplished while I was had this burning desire to, to, to do things, that do, while I was doing what I loved. It didn't feel like work. And so, yeah, there's no limit. There's no, that's where you're doing the extra mile. That's where you're work, working through the night. That's where you're getting up early is when you're passionate about it and it doesn't feel like work. Whereas if you don't have that passion and you fake it and you have to sit in that class and you have to pretend you care about this and you have to pretend you care about that, they're the ones that never accomplish anything because there's not that motivation to, to, to go the extra mile. 
and you hit yourself in the chest that was a solid sound <laughs> yes, it, the, the workout was paying off homeboy <laughs> but um before i go ahead and cut you loose man i appreciate you giving me your time and everything um if you can give advice to your younger self or even any up and coming game developer or anybody that has a passion that they want to pursue here coming up, what would you tell them? Um, my advice is always to start small. Um, Cause as I said, in this, in this industry, when I was at, at university, uh, we, we all sat down to learn programming and everybody's heart sank at how difficult it was. And, and I was genuinely excited to just make a, a simple text game. But everybody else thought that was beneath them. And they were just kind of laughing at me and, and, and making fun of me for getting excited about this little text game. But then because I enjoyed it, I did it. And because I did it, I got better. And a simple text game turned into a 2D game. And, and they still thought that was beneath them. And they were laughing at me for getting excited about this like Super Nintendo style game development. And they thought I was delusional. But because I enjoyed it, I did it. And because I did it, I got better. And the 2D games turned into 3D games, which was still beneath them because they thought their first game was going to be Grand Theft Auto V or something. <laughs> and so they were mocking my primitive 3D games and thought I was delusional. And the moral of the story is that you've got to if you're not willing to do the small things, they will never snowball into the big things. You know, it's, it's the cliche about a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Yeah. You've, you've got to enjoy the, the small steps that lead towards the big results. And, and that's the biggest stumbling block people have is they want to take shortcuts. They want to leapfrog to, to the top. And with wrestling, that's definitely not going to happen. No. And with, with these big 3D games like um, Red Dead and, and things, your, your first game is not going to be Red Dead Redemption. Mm -hmm. You have to make a, a small, a thousand small games to make one big one. And so, and that that applies to any profession. If you're writing a book, if you're making a song, if you want to make movies, the important thing is to get started because that's the first. That's the hardest step. You know, they say the heaviest weight in the gym is, is the front door because taking that first step is the hardest step. And it's the step that most people don't take because they want, they, they're scared of hard work. They're scared of a gradual process. You've got to learn to love the, the, the process and then you'll do it subconsciously. Yeah. You won't even have to think about it. Your passion will be doing the work for you. You'll just be showing up. Man, I, I freaking loved everything you just said, man. That's... Man, I'm at the I'm at the audio bite that somewhere and put some freaking music in the background, make it all <laughs> inspirational or everything. Put some like doves flying around and shit. <laughs> but man, I, I, I really I agree with everything you just said. And um, once again, I mean, I appreciate you. I appreciate the work that you put out for us to enjoy. And um, man, I appreciate your time. So um, before we uh, ride off and everything. Let everybody know where they can find you on social media if uh, you have the time for that type of thing. <laughs> well, technically, you can find me at mdickey.com on Twitter. But um, I'm taking a break at the minute. I'm trying to keep a low profile. But um, I'll, I'll try and figure out how and when I want to come back into that fold. Or, or you can find all my old games on mdickey.com, the official website. You can dip back throughout all 18 years of history and dig out the games that no longer work because <laughs> technology has moved so far ahead. 
you can't even get my old games to work on Windows 10. Um, so, but you can see what used to be there. And uh, otherwise, just go to your favorite app store like Google Play or iTunes and uh, just search for MDickey. Boom. All right. And um, as I tell every guest, um, the door is open for you to come back anytime you like for promotion of your your next up and coming project or just to shoot shit we can talk about wrestling or whatever um i can get you in the arm bar then you can reverse it and flip around into something else and then you can throw me out the ring and drop a stick of dynamite on me and i fly across (laughs) (laughs) thank you for having me on i'm i'm actually always happy to talk to independent podcasters such as yourself because i've I've had enough of being thrown under the bus by real by journalists over the past 15 years. <laughs> I've, been, I've been betrayed and misrepresented by every journalist I've ever spoken to. So to speak to uh, real independent podcasts who have no agenda except the truth and no agenda except um, a genuine civil conversation is a real breath of fresh air for me. So thank you for your interest. Yeah, I mean, man, I, I appreciate your pecs. And your biceps, I see your triceps poking out through your shirt right there. <laughs> oh, a little bit, a little bit. Look at you, you tried to flex too. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. man, uh, I can't say thank you enough. Um, I'm probably going to play the game once we get off the line here. <laughs> thank you. But all right, we're clear, man. Okay, thank you. Bye. All right. I hope you understand how awesome this episode was for me. It was I got to talk to somebody that creates content that I really enjoy. You know, I've been playing this game for years and um I really wanted to talk to the person behind the scenes of this thing, you know, cuz I know that this man that you heard me talk to today is doing it all solo, doing it all by himself from, you know, from nothing to something. You know, it's just like he wanted to do something he envisioned it and he made it be you know that's kind of like this podcast you know or anything that you pursue in life you know you never know where you're gonna start or where it's gonna end but as long as you take a step forward into doing it you know i think that's all right that's all right all right all right <laughs> um i don't know if i um gave him the correct name of the guy that made the uh, videos of the Dead Fantasy, um, the Final Fantasy and uh, Dead or Alive video game mashup and the Halo Metroid mashup. But his name was Marty, no, not Marty, Monty Oom. He uh, created that whole uh, slew of uh, videos, uh, did all the animation, all the things by himself. And if you haven't seen those videos, Go ahead and look him up on YouTube and everything. Just type in his name, um, Monty Oom. And that's, uh, I think it's O-U-M. But, you know, another talented guy, built it from scratch, did everything himself, lighting effects, shading, rendering, all this stuff. And, you know, it was tragic that he died a couple years ago. Dude was only 33 years old, you know. So I don't know the circumstances behind it. I didn't do any other review beyond that. But I don't know. Still, tragic, tragic, tragic. Ah, what was not tragic <laughs> was this interview. And um, I appreciate the man, Matt, for uh, giving me his time. We had uh, to get the schedule right. He over there in the UK, it was like, what, one in the afternoon. It was like almost seven, eight in the morning here. So it was great. 
A um, couple of things I wanted to get out there as I record this now. Um, gearing up to record another episode of Wrestling Is Trash, um, a new wrestling podcast that I just started. I have four episodes in the can. One is available for everyone to listen to. And I think I'm recording another one after I finish recording this. It's, it's a Saturday morning right now. I'm doing this in post, you know, as I normally do my outros and everything in case I have stuff to add in later. So I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of, um, I, I think I'm going to have a guest on with me this time. I'm not sure what's happening. <laughs> I'm still sleepy, but I got to get this done because I'm going to see the new Halloween movie today with Mrs. B-Rob and we done watched every other Halloween movie that was uh, released except for part six, which had a producer's cut that I was not aware of with an alternate ending and all this other cool stuff. So I ordered that. I got that. I might watch that later on, but we watched all 10 excluding the producer's cut. Like I just said, all 10 Halloween movies. We're going to see number 11 this afternoon and it's going to be fantastical. So what's today? October 20th as I record this. I know I said I hate dating my shit, but I have to do this um, as a point. I'm on day 20 of the horror movie 31 Days of October bullshit. <laughs> so a good chunk of these movies were the actual Halloween franchise. So now we're going to be getting back into it proper like tomorrow. Um, after we go see this Halloween movie today, we might watch an extra one today. So we'll probably be done on the 30th of October because just me and Mrs. B-Rob going and we want to probably keep the horror film going with the uh, the boy, the kid, the son of B-Rob. It, it sounds like some Jericho shit. The son of B-Rob. The B-Rob of son. <laughs> or is it both? Um, so, yeah. Halloween is almost upon us. Not the movie the actual holiday and if you celebrate fine I don't think I've actually partaken in it per se since you know it was a couple years back I was still adult out there trick-or-treating and shit I can remember being in high school and hanging out with my friends and going door-to-door trying to get some free candy and that's the optimal word there free we just wanted free shit that's all it was it didn't matter that we was grown and immature and all this other bullshit we just wanted some motherfucking free shit that's all it was. I can remember this one particular time <laughs> we had a school teacher. I forgot what grade he taught or whatever, but he lived in the neighborhood. So me and my homeboy Turk, we went to his house. I had a mask on and I took my shoes off and I kneeled down in front of the door and I put my shoes under my knees. So it looked like I was a little kid and shit. And we trolled him for candy or whatever. He's like, hey, little boy, blah, 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 you know, making the Halloween candy kid talk shit or whatever. So, you know, I'm doing the little kid voice. I'm like, thank you, mister, for the candy. <laughs> and, you know, he filled up my bag full of candy and shit. And I just stood up and put my shoes back on. We walked off. He was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> ah, good times. Good times. But anyway, let me wrap this thing up. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I think I got some shit lined up for another episode or whatever. I, I done depleted my um, my stash of episodes that I pre-recorded and whatnot. So now I'm starting over with a fresh new stock. And um, yeah, I done rambled enough. Let me get my shit. Let me get my shit in, as a uh, Brian Cage would say. So 
You can follow me on Twitter at it's B Rob. That's I T S B R O B. If you want to talk professional wrestling and any other general shenanigans, that's the place you do it. Um, this show also has its own Twitter that you can follow at three R show. And if you're hip and trendy, you should also be following at three R show too. That's T O O. Um, in addition to the random rounds with Rob, I host a wrestling podcast called wrestling is trash. You can follow it on Twitter at wrestling B trash. And there's only B because is wouldn't fit. It was too many letters for Twitter. So follow the wrestling show at wrestling B trash. Um, you can also look it up online at randomrobcast.com is where you can find the only published episode for Wrestling is Trash right now. And you can find all the 143 episodes of Random Rams with Rob. And also, if you want to be cool and slick, you can type in wrestlingistrash.com. It'll take you right to the same place, <laughs> pretty much. I just I just got a domain name because I wanted it to be mine. And I just wanted the uh, domain email. So you can send mail in because for the wrestling this trash show much like the random rambles with rob is 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 fan participation is uh is required i would say it's required but not mandatory if that makes sense you know i mean you do it if you want to it's not going to stop the show from going on so um if you want to send in your wrestling questions or non-wrestling questions to the Random Rounds with Rob or the Wrestling is Trash show, which I'm trying to get some more of that fan participation in. You can do it at, God damn it, I keep saying at. It's not like a Twitter thing, but you can send your email questions to mail at wrestlingistrash.com. And that, once again, is mail at wrestlingistrash.com. And if you want to send anything to the Random Rounds with Rob, you can do it on Twitter or you can do it at randomrobcast.com in the contact section. Or you can send some email as well. You can use randomrobcast at outlook.com. You can send voicemails to either show at 304-825-5762. And you can send voicemails to either show with your questions at 304-825-5762. Got a little choked up just now. Don't worry about it. You can follow me on Instagram where I walk the hollow halls of Walmart. I just did that this morning. I got an umbrella for the boy. And um, you can go to randomrobcast.com to where you can find multiple ways to support the show, whether it be through merchandise from our merch store, wehavemerch.com. That's wehavemerch.com. And I got a couple alternate uh, merch apparel stores on there. If you click the link, it'll take you there. You can use Amazon links. You get a free 30-day trial of Amazon Prime. And uh, you can support the show via Patreon, not Patreon, but Patreon through Podbean, just like Brandon McIntyre, Glenn Abbott, King Ajar, Bob Hines, and Robert Cook. I appreciate them so much. And the free way, the best way that you can do it for this podcast or any podcast, because I mean, Money is uh, appreciated, but the interaction and the reviews and the shares, the tweets, the relikes and all the other cool stuff is what's important to these shows. You know, it helps them grow, helps them get the names out there. So the free way to support the show, one of the preferred methods is to leave a review on whatever platform that you listen to the show on. Five stars preferably, but if you have anything four stars and below, 
appreciate that constructive criticism. Give me a chance to make the show better or ignore you all together. <laughs> so um, that's it. I'm about to transition over and record some more shit and edit some more shit. And I appreciate you all for listening. All of your support. You are awesome. And I'll see you next time.